Today's Wednesday, March 24th. My name is Chad Brooks, and this is the sixth episode of Blues for Lent. I saw someone share on social media that they had watched all of Netflix, that they had finished it. While I'm sure this is in jest, I think many of us have reached points of either finishing things or becoming absolutely crackpot bored with something we're embarrassed about. Listlessness is now something that seems to be functioning as the low level of assumed practice in life. Not unlike grabbing that first cup of coffee in the morning or scheduling for Amazon to deliver consumables on a schedule. Listlessness is a giant symptom of the cultural environment of anxiety that many of us just assume is the norm now. It's apathy in its most basic form. It's a psychological definition of elastic wasted pants. In listlessness, we are all fighting for an equilibrium of purpose. Matthew 9.35-36 says this, As Jesus went into all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. It's Matthew 9.35-36. This passage at first seems to be some sort of quick summary, you know, just trying to fill in gaps in the Jesus story. Just Jesus out there doing Jesus stuff. And in some ways, that's exactly what's going on. But there's a short turn of phrase here that lets us know bigger things are going on. We read about Jesus seeing people, the crowd, this extra character that floats through three of the Gospels, and that he had compassion on them. Now, the funny thing is, this phrase shows up in a bunch of the Gospels. But it's not normally in short paragraphs that read like summaries. It shows up when big things happen, you know. Uh, Jesus sorts of things. Jesus feeds 5,000. He had compassion on them. Jesus heals a blind man's eyes. He had compassion on him. See, lame to walk. He had compassion on them. You know, Jesus doing Jesus stuff. And compassion, it's not the compassion that we think it is either. We hear that word and think of some sort of distant, top-down relief, but compassion really is about tenderness. And tenderness isn't distant. Tenderness is intimate. Tenderness is the opposite of the sort of mechanical ways we have seen humanity function at its best lately. While I was happy to get my second shot of the COVID vaccine, it happened in such an organized manner, I felt like livestock coming into auction. Then in a year when the absolute best thing we can do for humanity is to stay at home and we have to cover our faces in a ways that disguises the human emotion of a smile or to not have any physical contact with the exception of a few people. 
Those were the most human things we could do these last 12 months, but they weren't tender. And as I read this story, it's the tenderness of Jesus that makes me yearn for more. It's what makes me hope. It drives me to carve out a few extra moments of prayer to ask for and to receive the tender compassion of Jesus. And we read in the text of the the reasons for this tenderness that these people are overwhelmed with worry and so shaken about they feel powerless. I complained to my own wife last week that when we went to Dairy Queen that they hadn't opened up their soda fountain yet, near, like, unlike nearly other, every other fast food joint in Louisiana due to COVID-19. I told her I wanted just a few things to be easy again, but I don't think they ever will. We've lost the sense of power that leads us to doing things in a predictable way. monastics, uh, they spoke of a sin called asadia, and it was a sin of listlessness. It was a sin of knowing all of the good and holy things you should be doing, but instead just being blah, to allow the various small things of the world to overcome your will and focus. Evergrius of Pontius, my current patristic man crush, says that asadia is the most troublesome of all the eight major sins. He's actually the guy that developed the the seven deadly sins. He calls Asadia the noonday demon and describes it in this way to a letter of John of Cassian, another desert father about the way the young monks act. He said, he looks about anxiously this way and that and sighs that none of his brethren come to see him and often goes in and out of his cell and frequently gazes up at the sun as if it was too slow in setting And so a kind of unreasonable confusion of mind takes possession of him like some foul darkness. If we go back as far as Genesis 3 and the curse of Cain, we see this idea of vague confusion as the controlling dynamic of sin. Cain is cursed to be two things. Number one, a wanderer, and two, sent to the land of Nod, the place of wandering. You know, many scholars think this isn't necessarily some sort of geographic place, but a description of what life will be like for Cain outside of the presence of God. Listlessness is a big deal. It is something that is big enough to need big healing. And just like the physical infirmities, supernatural oppression, and other things, you know, the Jesus stuff. We need Jesus to come and do Jesus stuff for us in these times. The end of our Matthew passage finishes like this. They are like sheep without a shepherd. We need leadership. We need clarity. We need direction. We need all sorts of things like that. And for many of us, we put those in the back of our spiritual mind and thereby unintentionally participate in self-idolatry because these things don't seem a big enough deal for Jesus to come and do the Jesus stuff. But Jesus wants to do the Jesus stuff. He has compassion on us and knows that we are all in need of tenderness right now, that we are hurried and worried, that we all have some feeling of powerlessness about us. And as we circle to the backside of Lent, I know what I need in my life. I need Jesus to come and do the Jesus stuff. 
I find tremendous comfort in knowing that these sorts of things that I feel might not be big enough for him to focus on or even feel the need to identify with me are the things in need of healing. I need to feel his tenderness. I know the myriad of emotions that fall under the umbrella of listlessness are not just worthy of his healing power, but something he has already done before, something that he sees, something that he motiv- that mo- motivates his heart towards healing. So Jesus, come do the Jesus stuff. 